Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've got a huge lump of content coming your way over the next couple of days. Obviously the first week of finals, not too far away. We will be bringing back Coach's Clipboard. That was something that we did uh, last few years during the final series. We'll try and do it for every single game. There will be an Instagram post and there will also be a podcast to accompany it. So essentially, if you're new around here, the way that we do our Coach's Clipboard, it will be three key points for each coach. So for example, uh, Craig Bellamy, it might be the three key points that I think Craig Bellamy will be focusing on. They might be about his team, what they have to do. Quite often, they'll be about the opposition, though, and what they have to do to them. So it might be key guys, they need to slow their momentum, key offloads they need to watch, an edge that maybe they need to target, kicking games. There's so many different factors that can come into these games. Sometimes it's just key matchups that you want to put certain guys in good spots and give them good opportunities. For example, if I'm the Brisbane Broncos, a lot of what I do would come down to uh, the momentum I get through the middle and the positions I put Reese Waltz in. We know that's how they cut teams to pieces. So they're the sort of things that we will be looking at in Coach's Clipboard. Really interesting content. I think you will thoroughly enjoy them like you have the last few years. And if you are new to the podcast, I think it'll be some of your favorite stuff to consume. So that's coming over the next four da- few days for all four games. Uh, they will be out, you know, Thursday, Friday, and potentially a Saturday morning. We'll see how we're traveling. But yeah, plenty of content coming your way. I um, I quite often mention, or occasionally I mention my content, and apparently I said it on Monday because I got a really interesting message from Tomo uh, who said, mate, you spoke about a whiteboard player the other day and... Um he asked me to go through each game and, and select my whiteboard player. So some of this content might sort of overlap a little bit with the coach's clipboard, but we'll try and be pretty short and succinct and honest here. So for me, a whiteboard player is the player that you hate. It's the first name you write on the whiteboard when you're going up against them. Um, and each team probably has a handful of these guys. Some teams have more. Some teams I have, you know, one or two 
really key whiteboard guys. And I thought I would just go through each game here, like Tomo suggested, and nominate my whiteboard player. So we'll start with the Friday night game, uh, 7.50pm, the Broncos and the Melbourne Storm. My whiteboard player, if I'm Craig Bellamy looking at the Brisbane Broncos, um, <clears throat> there's a couple of guys that you'll have up there. Obviously, Payne Haas is so key through the middle. Paddy Carrigan is very similar. Adam Reynolds, his kicking game. Uh, but for me, I probably think it has to be Reese Walsh, uh, just because he will put the icing on the cake on so many of their key players. And if they are to beat the Melbourne Storm, I look at the Melbourne Storm's edges, guys like Warbrick, Xavier Coates, uh, guys that are good players, but defensively, you can get them. Marion Seve, young tournament player. These are guys that haven't played a stack of footy together either. So the edges, I think, is where the Brisbane Broncos will be trying to catch them out. But the reality is, with the way the Broncos play their footy, you smash it through the middle to create space on the edges. And it's all about getting Reese Walsh at top pace in key spots up against certain defenders to get to their outside shoulder and create opportunities. So for me, Reese Walsh would be my whiteboard guy. Uh, we probably focused on it a little bit more during the origin period. Obviously, um, Coach Billy Slater went for Reese Walsh over KP. And, you know, KP's playing some great footy, but they did win the series off the back of what Reese Walsh was doing. And it's all about the key spots that you put Reese Walsh in. A guy that we identified during the origin series who was going to be so good for Reese Walsh, obviously Cam Munster, but DCE and how he puts these guys in the right spots. And I think you could see over the last two weeks of the regular season, the spots that DCE was putting Kohler in, the space he was creating for him, what he was able to do off the back of it. So that's Adam Reynolds big test to put Reese Walsh into key spots. He would be the whiteboard player for me if I was Craig Bellamy. If I'm Kevin Walters and I'm looking at the Melbourne Storm, uh, for me, this is a really obvious one, but I don't really know what else to say. It has to be Cam Munster. Um, the other guys, you obviously got Husey, you got Harry Grant, you got Ryan Pappenhausen coming off the bench. You could nominate. The other one that I'd be happy to hear arguments for is Nelson Asafa-Solomona. We'll talk about all these guys in coaches' clipboards, but for me, it simply has to be Cameron Munster. And when you think about when Cameron Munster does his best work and when he's at his absolute best, uh, Friday night could just be the absolute perfect storm for him, which is pretty scary. You consider when Cameron Munster does his best work, there's normally a couple of factors that come into it. There's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's under the bright lights. He's on the biggest stages. And quite often, he's at fucking Suncorp Stadium. And this is where Cam Munster takes his game to a new level. The Melbourne Storm, they have an incredible record down, uh, up there at Suncorp. Um, I read it out on Bloke in a Bar the other day, and it really did blow me away. I'll get those numbers up again. Where are they? I think it's in team stats. It's pretty insane. So you have a look at... The Melbourne Storm and the Broncos, they've played 54 times since 1998. Uh, the Broncos have actually only won 13 of those games. So the record goes 40 to the Melbourne Storm, one draw and 13 wins to the Broncos. So pretty wild there. But it's when you have a look at uh, their win rate at this venue. So at Suncorp Stadium, the Broncos' win rate is 59%. At Suncorp Stadium, the Melbourne Storm is 78%, which is unbelievable. And obviously wins overall as franchises. The Melbourne Storm, 64%. The Brisbane Broncos, 54%. Uh, but it's wins at this venue that is very, very scary for Brisbane Broncos fans. And uh, as you know, someone that three times a year, my New South Wales Blues go up against Cam Munster and he keeps me awake at night, he's going to give a lot of the Brisbane Broncos headaches this week. So for me, two Queensland Origin stars, the whiteboard players in this game, Reese Walsh and Cameron Munster, and two guys that uh, 
Uh, I think both would be red-hot favourites to be man of the match in this game. And probably whichever one of them has more impact on this game uh, means that their team's going to win this game of football, I reckon. So whiteboard players there in the first game, Reese Walsh and Cameron Munster. They'll be spoken about a heap this week. All right, let's have a look. If I'm Ivan Cleary going up against the New Zealand Warriors, the New Zealand Warriors who are bringing a lot of guys back into this game fresh and ready to go. Obviously, a number of good guys in this Warriors side have had tremendous seasons. Chance, Dallin. Um, they, these sort of guys that you know they've blown it away this season. Even guys like Jackson Ford, uh, Mitchy Barnett's had a fantastic season. Uh, for me though. I think it has to be one of two guys as the key players. Probably one of three. Has to be Sean Johnson, Adam Fanua Blake, or Torhu Harris. Um, and there's really fair arguments for all three of them. And if you said that, you know, there's honestly three different ways you could order these guys. And I would go, yep, I understand that. I think a lot of people would probably reach for Sean Johnson first. And I understand that. Obviously, that right edge has been absolutely humming. Uh, that right edge is humming, though, when they get on the front foot. And how do you get on the front foot? Well, it's through Adam Blake, who uh, is their alpha front row forward. We spoke about it on Bloke this week. He's going up against Mosley and Fisher Harris, who have just owned September footy from a gladiator perspective for the last three years. So AFB, I think he's got I was going to say he's got the potential to be the best front row forward in rugby league. I think he is one of the best front row forwards in rugby league, but he has got the potential to be the absolute number one guy, but he has to do it on big stages like this and against the best of the best. This will be a huge test for him. So Adam Fanua Blake, if he's able to get on the front foot, he creates so many opportunities for you. Sean Johnson's out the back, but AFB, how does he get on the front foot? He's obviously big, strong, powerful, but it's the ball playing of Tohu Harris. He puts his forwards in the right spots to execute certain plays and get to certain players and get over the advantage line, which off the back of that creates so much opportunity for Sean Johnson. So for me, I would probably have AFB and Sean Johnson one and two, deciding depending on which way you want to go. Torrey Harris at number three. But if Sean Johnson, you know, if he's able to get on the front foot and these, you know, the, the Warriors pack is able to at least match it with the Panthers and stay in that contest, we know what SJ can do. He's the experienced guy in this side. Uh, obviously, they've got the fullback who has played finals footy before, been all the way to a grand final charge, which is a great experience. Tamara Martin's actually done the same, been all the way to a grand final in 2017. But Sean Johnson, he is the guy that they're going to turn to. I do think Tamari Martin is the big wild card in this side though. I think that uh, him coming back in, you want to know I'm a huge fan of Luke Metcalf. I actually would have picked Tamari Martin over Luke Metcalf still because I just don't think that left edge was clicking with Metcalf. He was playing good footy and good support play. As I've always said though, I think he's more of a fullback than a halves player and I think that as good as he went at 5'8 over the last few months, I think when you look at the highlight plays and the big things he does, a lot of them are very fullbacky. So that's where I think he belongs. I think Tamara Martin is the better fit at 5'8". Sean Johnson, AFB, Tohu Harris, one of those three, but I would probably lean towards Sean Johnson and AFB. And I reckon Ivan Cleary being Ivan Cleary, he'd be saying to Mosley and Fisher-Harris, hey, you've, this has been your kingdom the last few years. AFB is going to come into it and he's going to try and fuck shit up. You need to go toe-to-toe with him and put him away. And it's a matchup I can't wait for. If I am... Webby, Andrew Webster. I'm looking at that Panthers side. Um, and, you know, a very similar situation. There's been a number of guys that have had fantastic seasons. Uh, your Dylan Edwards, your Critters, your Brian Toz, um, you know, your Liam Marns, Isaiah Yos, these sort of guys. But I just don't know how you can go past the halfback, Nate Cleary. It has to be him. And that's probably a boring thing to say. Uh, but I just think it's the reality of this side and this situation that the Panthers are in. Especially without Jerome Luai out, Jack Cogger, he'll be on the left edge. But Nathan Cleary, he'll be playing both sides of the ruck. And he'll be taking full control of this side. Um, I would argue that 
you know, despite him coming up with good stats, good super coach scores, all that sort of stuff, I actually don't think Nath would be overly pleased with how the Panthers have gone over the last few weeks. I think him playing last week was uh, was a prime example that he doesn't think they are where they need to be. But the Panthers have shown us for a very long time that come September, they click into gear and they're ready to go. I'm expecting Nath to run the ball a lot in this game. I think that when Nath is running, that's when he's at his absolute best. And when he is running, you know how dangerous his running game is. You have to, you have to be much marking him all the time, and he creates space for the guys around him. So, Nate Cleary, I think that he would by far and away be the guy that Webby wants to focus on here. Obviously, his kicking game, he's got the best kicking game in rugby league, arguably. I think, you know, you couldn't put him outside the top three. And I think that in previous final series... When the Panthers have really dominated and when Nath Cleary's had very good games, kick pressure has just been non-existent on him. I think it has to be such a big thing, not only for the Warriors, but for any team that plays his Panthers side in this final series. If you are going to get let Nath dictate terms with his kicking game, it is over. And you know that his forwards, they're going to lay a really good platform. They're very hard to get over the top of. You can match it with them, but they're very hard to get over the top of them. So for me, Nath Cleary, you have to have kick pressure on him all the time. Come finals and stuff like this, I'll, I'll say it a lot throughout this weekend, but especially guys with Nath, like, like Nath, like Adam Reynolds, these sort of guys, I'm happy to give away a penalty early just to let them know, hey, you're in the hurt locker tonight. We're going to be pressuring you all night. You need to be ready to go. And if you get your play the ball wrong, you you know, you 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 get that play the ball where, where it is on the field wrong, we're going to be in your face all night. So the Warriors, I think they really need to come with an attitude of we're going to fuck shit up tonight, where AFB is going to go nuts and we're going to really give it to Nath Cleary whenever we can. So I think he will be the whiteboard player for uh, Webby. I think that is almost a certainty and I think it's potentially the easiest one of the weekend for Ivan Cleary. I think it'll be SJ or AFB, and I reckon we'll be leaning towards AFB. A lot of pressure on, on SJ in this game, though. You've seen Nath Cleary when he has struggled over the last few years in certain games, a lot of them being in origin. It's when the experienced head of DCE has kicked early and just turned him around constantly, forced him to come out of his own end. I have no doubt whatsoever that an experienced head like SJ has taken note of that over the last couple of years. All right, let's move to... The late game on Saturday night, the Cronulla Sharks and the Sydney Roosters. This one is a very interesting game. I've got no idea which way this one's going to go, but I think I've got a pretty good idea of who the whiteboard players will be. Now, obviously, for the Sydney Roosters, if you are Trent Robinson, I think it's pretty evident who you're looking at in this game. It has to be Nico Hines. Uh, He's one of the most ball-dominant halfbacks in our game. Um, He's probably taken a little bit of a backwards seat to Braden Trindle, but um, I mean, like, in comparison to where he was before, but Nico Hines still by far and away the ball dominant half in this side. Uh, Trindle is doing a little bit more kicking, which is sort of taking a bit of pressure off Hines, but he's the guy to mark. He's going to play both sides of the ruck. You know, he's going to be lurking down those short sides. You know, he's going to be turning his Britton Nicotas, uh, his um, Jesse Ramians, all these sort of guys under him and trying to create space. I think especially down that right edge, that's where Nico really, really worries me. And that's where he's got his two big strike weapons. He's got Britton Nicotas and Jesse Ramian, who are, um, they've been good the last few weeks. They probably haven't lit it up like I thought they would have uh, based on the form they showed three or four weeks ago. But at Shark Park, they will be gritty. They will be tough, Cronulla, uh, and they'll be in this one. So Nico Hines, I think he will definitely be all over the whiteboard this week just because of how ball-dominant he is. And if you can keep Nico Hines at bay and keep him reasonably quiet, it's near impossible, to be fair. Uh, but you go a long way to beating this Sharky side. I think, like, with a, a number of these other teams, you've got guys like AFB, Payne Haas, this proper alpha 
front row forward or forward that you need to stop. When I look at the Sharky side, they don't really have that guy, and that, that that's no offense to their forward pack, but they are just they're a real team, the Cronulla Sharks, especially their pack. Rudolph, Hamlin Wellay, Britton Necker, Way Graham, Kem Kinnis, all very good forwards, but no one that is that absolute top dog. You know what I mean? They sort of just go as a pack. I would argue that Britton Nicker has probably been the best over the last two years. Hamlin Wellay has got that in him, but he's probably just not at that point in his career where you see it every single week. You even get to the bench. Jack Williams, Royce Hunt, Tommy Hazelden, Oregon Kafusi, all very good players in their own rights, but they really do hunt as a pack. And sometimes that can be a huge advantage. There's no doubt about that. But when you're looking for a white ball player, the guy you need to stop, I think it is Nico Hines. There, he's obviously got these two wingers that can finish out of nowhere, and you've got these big names in the back line: Katoa, Ramian, Talakai, Mulatalo. They've killed it the last few years. I actually think the next guy on their list would probably be Connor Tracy. Very elusive, very fast. Picks his moments when to run really well. So Nico Hines would be number one. I reckon Connor Tracy would be number two though for Trent Robinson. All right, if I am Craig Fitzgibbon. Who am I looking at with this Sydney Roosters side? Uh, two names sort of pop up to me straight away. James Tedesco and Joey Manu. The two guys in the back line, obviously Joey Manu coming back from injury. We do hope that he features in this one. Uh, he's obviously a guy you need to watch, especially when he's roaming and whatnot, especially when he gets into dummy half close to the line. James Tedesco, obviously he's a run first sort of guy. He's really started, started to get back to some of his good form the last two or three weeks. Uh, but I think for me, the guy I would have on the whiteboard here, it probably has to be Sam Walker, the wild card. Um, you know, he hasn't been, he's only played a handful of games towards the back end of the season, if that. Uh, but he is the guy that can break it open. He's got that X factor to him. Nico Hines, at least with Nico Hines, you know what you're going to get every week. Sam Walker, you really don't. He's very unorthodox in what he does. He's got a very rogue sort of kicking game. He, he, you know, he jinks and he jerks and he just does weird motions constantly. So I think Sam Walker uh, would probably be my guy there. The other one, though, you know, you have a look at this rooster side. They're missing JWH. Uh, so Lindsay Collins becomes a very, very important feature in this side. But I think I would probably still go Sam Walker. To be fair, Luke Carey's been in incredible form the last few weeks. But I just feel like when the game comes down to the back end and they need something, I feel like they're going to turn to Sam Walker. I feel like he's going to be the guy to stand up and produce something. But if you're pushing Luke Carey, Joey Manu, James Tedesco, I wouldn't push back on you either. And maybe it's just because Sam Walker had the hot hand the other night against South Sydney and had a really good game. Uh, but he's the one that I'm sort of looking at in this game. All right, let's move to the last game of the week. The Newcastle Knights and the Canberra Raiders. Very, very interesting. Uh, look, if I'm Ricky Stewart... This Newcastle side, the whiteboard player has to be KP. Everything is built around him, uh, and he can absolutely towel the Raiders up in this game if he shows up and plays his best. Uh, I feel, I do feel like KP's in for a big game here. I think that Ricky Stewart's going to talk about him all week. I think they're going to get out and really try and whack him, um, obviously with inside the rules and everything, but I think they'll be out to whenever you get an opportunity to hit KP, you need to whack him and you need to make him feel it, yeah. So I think KP, he is definitely the whiteboard player there. There is no doubt about that. Uh, the way that he's been skinning uh, right edges across the NRL this season. Uh, I just, I feel like he's probably has got that in him again. Obviously, Matty Timiko, he will be the guy defending on that edge. Love Matty Timiko. Defensively, he has had a couple of issues this year, and I think he will be the spot defender uh, that they will be looking to get at. You've obviously got him and Elliot Whitehead. Elliot Whitehead, bit of an older head, obviously very experienced, doesn't move laterally as fast as some of the other back rowers in this competition. So I think the entire aim will be to get 
KP on these guys and hopefully create something out there. When we have a look on the other side of the park, the Canberra Raiders, if I am Adam O'Brien and I'm looking at the Raiders, who's the guy that I'm worried about? Look, obviously, Jack Whiten playing in the centres. I sort of prefer that, to be honest with you. I'd rather him out there than playing 5'8", but I assume they will let him roam a little bit. Um, I think Joe Tappanay is obviously the very important one. I think he got Raiders Player of the Year last year or something along those lines. Um... Yeah, look, just with, with Corey Horsbrow, with uh, with Josh Papali'i out as well, Joe Tapanay becomes so important. I think if you can limit his offloads, I think you've just about beaten the Canberra Raiders, to be honest with you. I think that in order for the Raiders to win this game, I think Joe Tapanay is going to have to have three or four offloads, and the Raiders are going to have to make something special off the back of that. It's been our discussion with the Raiders all season. Where do their points come from? How do they score points? And it is a week-to-week mystery for me. That's why it's so hard to bet on this side. If you're taking any time try scorers or whatnot, you just never know where the points are coming from. from. But for me, I think Joe Tappanay probably has to be the white ball player. The other one I would throw up there is Jordan Rapiner. Playing fullback, and you know what? I, I don't think Rapiner is probably at the level of some of the other guys that we've spoken He's a very good player. There's no doubt about that. I don't even think Jordan Rapiner is a fullback, to be honest with you. I think he's a winger. But playing fullback in this team, they've obviously had injuries and whatnot. The thing about Rapiner is that he is hard to prepare for. I've said it a number of times, and I will say it again. Rapiner doesn't know what Rapiner is going to do. So, you working out what he's going to do during the week, best of fucking luck to you. He is so rogue and so unorthodox that he is just hard. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hard to handle. Seb Chris was actually very similar when he was playing fullback. Now, Seb Chris probably didn't have the awareness and the skill set of Jordan Rappiner, so he would just pop up in weird spots, probably where he's not meant to be, but you're not used to it. So it became hard to handle. Rappenart, he is just, he is loose. That he is just completely scat. And he is going to pop up wherever. He's going to be in dummy half. He's going to he's gonna scoot down short sides that he shouldn't scoot down. You're going to panic. He's going to create offloads. There will be opportunities off the back of that. He will kick for himself. He's got one of the most unorthodox kicking games I've ever seen. But somehow, it works. It's very backyard rugby league sort of style. But... We know that no matter when you're playing rugby league from 1908 to 2023, these natural guys, these natural ability guys who can kill it in the backyard, they can break break open NRL games at any given moment, especially in the finals. So Jordan Ruffiner is a guy that I don't think can be slept on in this side. But for me, I do think it comes down to controlling the offloads of Joe Tappanay. If you can keep him reasonably quiet, if you can stop the Raiders from playing second phase footy, I don't think they have the skilled players in their team to be able to keep up with the Newcastle Knights. Defensively, they've been pretty average this year as well, the Canberra Raiders, but they are gritty, and you know you know that when their backs are against the wall, Ricky Stewart's going to have them up for this one. Joe Tappanay is the guy to stop there. I guess the other one for the Newcastle Knights that we sort of skimmed over, obviously KP is the main guy, but Jackson Hastings coming back into this side. He is carrying an injury into this game. He needs to be targeted. Similar to other guys this weekend, it's his first game back. Jackson needs to be tested throughout this game. He needs to know that the pressure is going to be on him at all times. And similar to Adam Reynolds, Nathan Cleary, if you 
you get an opportunity to put a shot on Jacko, you have to take it. Now, Hastings, he will dig deep into the line. He does that every single time. That's where you see the opportunities for KP and whatnot uh, unfold, but they do need to make him hurt. But KP, he is definitely the one there. Joe Tapane is the other one, but Jordan Rappiner, he's the real wild card. All right, guys, they are our wild card players heading into this weekend. Stay tuned over the next 48 hours or so. We will be starting to get our coaches' clipboards out to you for this weekend. Really in-depth, nerdy rugby league shit for you to take in. We probably already touched on a number of the points today, but we will go even deeper on each and every game. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.